What's up, everybody? This is Francisco, joined by my good buddies Andrew and Charles, and we're here in 2022. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sports Goose number 125. This is our, gosh, man, we're going to year four soon enough of this show. So it's, it's been going on a while, but uh, yeah, welcome back. And we've got, man, a whole month's worth of stuff that we <laughs> were worth of talking about. And it was a, it was a long break, but it, it was it was a necessary break for us. And, and look at that stuff accumulated and when we're back and we can talk about things. So how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing over there? How are you doing, Andrew? What's up? Doing doing well how are you i'm fine yeah we'll talk to andrew he was he was back at the orange bowl this year so you know or technically last year but yeah and uh charles charles you're back there what are you doing i am currently a frog uh, oh okay <laughs> well what are you playing i so i popped mario in odyssey? oldie because yeah i popped oh, okay. in mario odyssey because okay. i was like ah i i i'm gonna watch the nxt live stuff in a bit mm. you know while we're on the show so i'm like well you know if we're gonna do that how about we just put in something quick because i was gonna start bayonetta but i said no if it's only gonna be about 45 minutes i don't want to start any game i haven't played mm. and just mm. catch it on that small a time frame so i'm like you know what i had to play a certain mario game that left the bad taste in my mouth on the break so I was like, well, let's do some real ish. And oh, um, yeah, we popped yeah. in We popped in that Odyssey. And I'm just floating around the moon as a frog, trying to collect <laughs> some moonstone so I can get into the dark side of the moon okay. segment. Well, guys, you know, this is Sports Goose. And we sell out. We sell out hard. Okay. You know, you know we're, we're, we're sponsored, of course, by, by many things. Hey, we got Prawnies Hockey World, of course. And, and guess what? You can get the best and biggest selection lowest prices for all of their new products their new products are 2022 products you can get the great prices for the 2021 stuff that's about to become old and decrepit but of course it's not old and decrepit it's still quality stuff you can buy it out there go to our website click on the banner and you know you'll help us out and you know what sports goose is is, is now proudly sponsored by mr tortilla the number one best-selling tortilla on Amazon, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, they're made out of a need for a healthy and affordable tortilla for the people without sacrificing the flavor. And their big breakthrough came when they were able to develop a one-carb, 15-calorie tortilla. So now you can enjoy tacos without the guilt. So go to our website there, too. Click on the big link for Mr. Tortilla. And get yourself, you know, a big old stack of them, and and eat guilt free, guilt free tacos, guys. Okay, we're showing tacos now. This feels right. Of all the things we could sell out for, I, I'm just proud of us. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've 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 finally we've made it once more, guys. Okay, we've we've hit another milestone. We're shelling tacos, and it all makes sense. So. There's a lot of stuff that went down, guys. NFL, we got college, we got hockey going, we got the NBA, right? It's it's hard to know where to start, so I'm going to start us off. Okay, we, we have to pay some respects to some people, and, and I want to get a segment out of the way now. So we can, you know, 
just just kind of find a way to to, to, to go into this and let's haul y'all a big one went down guys another big one went down we're, we're doing john madden mm. john madden okay so john earl madden he uh finally passed away it's 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 uh yeah yeah so he made it into the pro football hall of fame back in 2006 he was a head coach of course back in his playing days he was uh, he played at cal polytechnic state university okay they're the mustangs if you didn't know andrew okay i think i did know that one but... holy crap <laughs> but, um but carry on yeah so he was drafted back in 1958 in the 21st round of the nfl draft 244th overall by the philadelphia eagles however he didn't play a single nfl game he unfortunately got injured in training camp and his playing career ended before it even started unfortunately for him went out there got a teaching degree became a teacher and then kind of one day was like looking at the coach's room you know and and he was, uh, while, while, while he was injured, he was like looking at the coach's room and looking at the, you know, they were looking at video back in the day and he was learning, he was learning and he decided to apply that teaching into coaching, moved up the ranks, went through some, uh, some college sports there. I think he was at San Diego state at one point. And then he became a, a, a coach an assistant coach with the Oakland Raiders and became the head coach of the Raiders in 1969. Very nice. <laughs> and yeah Raiders coach from 1969 through 1978 that was his on and only stop in his NFL coaching career but he never had a losing record he only missed the playoffs twice in that time frame won Super Bowl 11 against the Minnesota Vikings it was then he became a broadcaster from 1979 until 2008 Broadcasted for all four major networks. Of course, his primary partner was Pat Summerall, the dynamic duo. Okay. And he won 12 Emmy Awards as a result of that. In 1979, he famously became uh, extremely fearful of flying. He attributes that to uh, a bout of claustrophobia. And so uh, as he was moving up, his uh, broadcasting career, Greyhound, supplied him with his own bus called the Madden Cruiser. And that's how he got around the entire country to each and every game that he broadcasted. Of course, he was the, the famous proponent of the Turducken, which is the uh, unholy abomination of a turkey, a duck, and a chicken all in one. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it, it was a thing of course it had uh, we had the nuclear turkey as well with the with the eight drum drumsticks sticking out of it and uh, started the tradition of an nfl team winning on thanksgiving getting awarded a turkey so there you go and of course he's the namesake of the madden franchise the really shitty now well that's not his fault. That, that's, that's subjective. <laughs> that's not his. Fault. When's the last time he played a Madden game? You're not going to disrespect that man's legacy. Yeah. No, I'm not just. I'm. I'm not disrespecting his legacy. EA Sports is disrespecting his legacy. 
I don't know yeah. if you're making if even if you say it's bad, the fact that people are still buying it actually is like a win for the legacy. EA as a company is one thing, but something's doing good. Be proud on John Madden for not being in a position where Tiger Woods went from having Tiger Woods golf to one too many situations to which, you know, they took him off and put I think Rory, whatever his name is, on there. But yeah. Somewhere there's some fifteen year olds who are like, Oh no, does that mean they're not gonna make any more mad video games? Because he died. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the, the, his, his, I guess his biggest thing was being a teacher of the game. He always used that, that aspect of himself to try and open up the game to more people. That's why he always saw coaching, broadcast, and even the video game as a means to help us, us common folk understand the game of football on a more sophisticated level. That's why he was so prolific as a broadcaster. That's why a ton of people are mourning his his passing in the NFL. And, of course, yeah, his the rise of the NFL as far as uh, football, as far as, you know, in this country. And you can attribute that to him as well because he, he, he kind of got all of the aspects there with spreading it across uh, different forms of media. So... John Madden, a big one, guys. There you go. There you go. All right, so we're, we're, we're opening up there. Okay, guys. But let's have a little fun as well. I mean, you know, this is not going to be all about sadness. Let's talk about Gottlieb's goons. And I, I got to get... Are we get... doing superlative editions? Oh, uh, what, like the, the, the of the year awards? Are we doing that? Yeah. Oh, uh, we, we did not structure this whatsoever for anybody listening. Like, I've, I've semi-planned it back. out. I've semi-planned it out, semi-planned some stuff out. But, of course, we, we cannot forget. We cannot forget Gottlieb's Goons. And we're going to give this one, of course, to Rob Manfred. <laughs> so, guys, if you, if you haven't heard... Ken Rosenthal, right, baseball man, baseball reporter, one of the one of the good ones, one of the more prominent ones out there. Where is the that bow tie, famously? Well, you know, he, he works for MLB Network, and Rob Manfred was was getting his his uh, you know getting all pissed off at him because oh. Rosenthal was just kind of like, hey, man, you kind of screwed up this whole collective bargaining between Major League Baseball and the Players Union back in 2020 when you guys tried to screw them over, uh, over the, the, the shutdown and the pandemic and all that stuff. And, and so uh, you guys brought a lot of ill will to the negotiations this year, which haven't really even started. And we don't know when there will be baseball coming in the future. So, of course, Manfred had to find a way to get him fired of course MLB Network is owned by Major League Baseball so they kind of just do what they want it is state run television the baseball version (laughs) (laughs) state run television the baseball version and of course we extended our our, an offer to Ken Rosenthal to join us and he hasn't answered back but uh, look he has there's a lot of one there's a lot of applicants here and then two, there's just a lot of you know people who are gonna want this man. But Ken, straight up, I can pay you three hundred dollars, and maybe I'll buy you like tacos. You get to have whatever platform you want to talk smack. Seriously, not it's not even it's talk about smack. Just take providing over. your, you don't have to be afraid. Yeah, really. just you just take over. Here. Just completely take over. Okay, you can buy us out. 
You don't have to be you, worried about the implication. You it's can okay. buy us out. You can acquire the IP. You can acquire the trademarks. Take the squid if you want. Just pay us he out. He could ask. He could comment give us... on whether empanadas or uh, hot pockets. For all I care. <laughs> so Ken, I'll give you. And, I'll, I'll cash app you. Venmo you. It's for real, bro. Andrew, as a, a uh, I'm I'm assuming Ken Rosenthal has a journalism degree. As a fellow journalist, how, how do you feel about this? Well, I mean. Even if he doesn't have a journalist, a journalism degree, he is still a journalist and a damn good one at that. Um, you know, I I commend him for sticking to his guns. Um, I mean, I know lesser journalists. I I don't want to dive too deep here but I can name a couple off the top of my head, but lesser journalists would... Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale. Would would toe the party line. Um, You know, it's one thing to work for, you know, The Athletic or ESPN. And I I think Rosenthal, if I remember correctly, he does work for The Athletic. Um, But regardless i it's i'm sure it is extremely tempting to want to tow that party line but he he said the truth he said a, an a, said a truth that is extremely inconvenient to rob manfred because he's trying to push a, di- a dialogue, a, a, an alternate view of the facts here that somehow the MLBPA is the bad guy here. They did the same thing last year when the COVID negotiations were going on. They're doing the same thing now. Um he rosenthal said the truth manfred has fucked this up Uh, i saw a tweet earlier someone said what is the worst uh contract in mlb and someone said uh rob manfred 11 million dollars a year um it's very true you didn't have this let me take that back uh, I was about to say you didn't see this happening under Bud Seelig, but then I remember that he was at the helm during the last one. Or if he was not the commissioner, he was way up there. Seriously, lawyers need to not be commissioner anymore. They're really screwing up sports. But I digress. And I'm saying that as an almost lawyer, and I'm saying that to two lawyers. Um, but... I will run the NFL to the ground. Don't worry. um but first off shame on manfred for having such a ego trip such a narcissistic move to fire somebody because they dare criticize him yeah, I mean, 
it's it's well, entirely within his right to tyrant, do it. You know, tyranny, basically, and it's a tyrant. I mean, it's it's one thing to, and you know, honestly, for the longest time, I I because they were doing such a good job, I I I actually just forgot that MLB owned the MLB Network. I mean, yes, I know it's in the name, but it they have good programming. They have good. Uh, yeah, analysis. Personalities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I, I just I thought of them as like another ESPN, just dedicated to baseball. Uh, the NFL, well, NFL Network is owned by NFL, but uh, I, I, I'm getting off track. But my ultimate point being that you know. Rob Manfred is such a dick for doing that. <laughs> if if he can't, the the man is a public figure. He is the commissioner of baseball. If he doesn't have the guts, the cojones, the uh, if he doesn't have the Ganus desire. There's a lot of words I could use. If he if he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude there you go. to take admittedly really tiny bit of criticism here. Yeah. It's not like he's it's not like he's saying he's a uh, a murderer or something like that. He's just saying, "Rob, you you screwed up these negotiations." And even if Rob Manfred disagrees, which I'm sure he does, it's still a it's still a reasonable observation of the situation it's not totally off base even if you're someone who disagrees with it it's not mm. like he's saying rob manfred isn't is trying to get all the players to play for free no that would be ridiculous um but you're firing him over that i mean it's uh, have you guys heard of the of the Streisand effect? Does it involve Barbara? In a sense, yes. So, so the, the story goes that there was an embarrassing photo of Barbara Streisand out on the internet, and she wanted it taken it taken down. But the problem is, by calling attention to it, she just made the problem worse. And now everyone saw it. it. If she had just left well enough alone, it would have just stayed under the radar. The modern day version as the Beyonce Super Bowl meme. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, so Manfred, in a sense, did just that. I, if I didn't hear, if he hadn't, if Rosenthal hadn't been fired, I wouldn't have heard what the criticism was. I didn't know that Rosenthal said it. I don't keep tabs on all of my favorite journalists on a day-to-day basis. I don't have MLB network. And even if I did, I wouldn't watch it religiously. But then all of a sudden you're firing this guy and now it's news everywhere. And it's not good news for Manfred because at very, at the very best, it just makes him look sensitive and soft. And at the worst, it's saying, 
I own this network. There is no journalistic integrity at MLB Network. It might as, it might as well, as Francisco said, it might as well be state television. Hmm. Um, so you screwed up, <laughs> yeah. Bob Manfred. Yeah, it, it's... There, there is, I don't know what you were, th- I, I'll say this. Even if I agreed with what he, uh, even if I agreed with the sentiment that the players are to blame here, what were you thinking? <laughs> Honestly, it, what it, were what was he thinking? It, it was bad. It's bad enough that he that he was fired, but he fired this guy. But also, he fired one of the most prolific MLB writers right now, one that f- most people like. So, especially if you're a baseball fan, so most like most people are not on on Major League Baseball side at all, which is something that baseball doesn't need going into, I guess, these collective bargaining negotiations and going into this lockout, which could go deeper and deeper, and MLB could come out of this as. A lot of people don't remember, and baseball has had, of course, falling attendance, falling ratings. After the 94 strike, baseball was in a lot of bad trouble coming out of that. A lot of empty seats. People were pissed off. Okay, only only the really thing that saved it was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa (laughs) back in 1998. That's what propped baseball back into prominence. Uh... And I don't, I, you know, like with all the accusations, what, watch they're gonna, look, you're gonna have a juice ball, and you're gonna have two guys going after seventy three, and but then people are gonna look at that supremely skeptically. So, if if there's a silver lining to this, maybe this lockout and everything is the run up to the to the end of Rob Manfred's tenure as MLB God, commissioner. I hope so. You know, especially especially if the players somehow get a lot of wins in the negotiations, because the owners would hate that. And if the players get a lot of wins, and then the owners come out, and then baseball still low, and people are just apathetic to it. It could finally be. Um, it could finally be at, to the point where um, they they get rid of them. So. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, well, welcome back, Robbie. <laughs> You're a goon once more. You've Robbie. always been a goon. Okay. I don't know if you guys saw on Deadspin, they have their Idiots of the Year. Where I think they name like, I think it's like 100 people that they, that they name over the course. Of, I think it was the, over the course of two years. Because I don't think they did it in 2020. Uh, for, for, of course, obvious reasons. But they did it for this year, and the, they've uh, accumulated a hundred different people. And Rob Manfred is, I think he's like number seven or number six. He's up there. He's one of the Trevor's one of the gotta top be ones. one, right? Uh, which one? Trevor and Urban gotta be in the one. Oh, Urban, yeah, Urban's there. I think was like number five or number eight. One of those guys. Uh, Shad Khan was up there. There are a bunch of guys <laughs> up there. So, and not just from strictly the sports world, of course. If if there's even a remote sports connection, they added people from outside of sports entertainers and politicians so it's not strictly sports but the 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 suspects that you would think are there are there 
And yeah, yeah. So well, there you go. Trevor Bauer was there on there, of course. You got that. So yeah, Gottlieb's goons. That's that's one. I don't know if you guys had any more from. But that's the more recent one that I that I think we all kind of noticed. So there you go. All right, but all right, a little a little happiness. Let's go with the real MVP, guys. Charles, you brought one up. All right, Shaquille O'Neal. Wasn't yeah. that good? Wasn't that good for the heart? I find it partially is a lie because when you announce what he did, one of them makes sense, the other one doesn't, based off the economic economics of it. But um, what a good guy! Take it away, yeah. Francisco. So yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. Charles uh, posted up a, a thing um, where he uh, he showered a an elementary school with uh, well, basically. Um, a, a bunch of gifts. Okay, they got bikes and toys and and Nintendo Switches and and, and PS fives. Okay, apparently that's where I'm like, did he really do it? Because that's a thousand. He said yeah, a thousand PS five. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if, if there was a scalper out there or that that hit the jackpot. There's a possibility of that, but uh, and of course Shaq was like with Sony. Of course, Shaq was has an uncle that works at Nintendo or something like that because he's like he was able to snag a thousand switches from what he said, and I went to Walmart and got a bunch of stuff and yeah, just uh, you know Christmas joy to a, a ton of kids out there. So uh, good on you, Shaq. Good on you. Okay, so that's that's hopefully that doesn't affect uh, the, the pairing of teams I have on Rocket League because there's a bunch of noobs that get on there and they they bring down my rankings when I'm when I'm. <laughs> when i'm lined up with them so that's that's not good i don't want that to happen but there could be a bunch of noobs on super smash brothers and i can you know lay waste that could also happen too so there you go and of course charles can uh school some kids on ps5 and madden or something like that i haven't even i've only played like one game because i just have so many games (laughs) i love and hate both eternal i'm I'm gonna get it it reminds me of ducktales you Mm. That rage cannot be untethered for much longer. Yep. So let's see. Where? How much time are we? So we're 26 minutes in. Let's let's see. All right, guys. Uh, I guess we can do the NFL right now. Um, let's just start with the big thing. I didn't want to put this under goons because uh, from what I've been reading and things like that, I don't really want to make this like whole goons thing or. Or anything like that. Uh, just a, just put it as a a, uh, a regular whatever segment here. But uh, the Antonio Brown thing, you guys saw that, of course, right? The meltdown. Yeah, yeah. Which one, right? Uh, yeah. Well, latest at that point, where we're taking tallies. Latest meltdown for Antonio Brown. There are, of course, two sides to the story, and there's insight coming in from all all areas and and it's gotten me thinking of course uh, especially for myself nowadays uh, personally and of course uh, myself personally from uh, about a year ago now but uh, just the mental health of Antonio Brown and this man needs help <laughs> he needs some help he's uh, people are, there's a lot of speculation as to how Antonio Brown became this okay uh, of course, he he came from what Central Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's where he, he came out of. He's from South Florida, from Miami. He 
played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for for a very long time and was pretty quiet what like five years into his career or something like that and then uh, yeah, only so, when he wants some more money, and then Vontae Burfitt just kind of send him to the shadow realm. One yeah. Day. So yeah. Uh, so Burfitt, uh <laughs> that was one of the the things that people point out to that maybe if you could inspect Antonio Brown's brain, he might be like the the poster child for CTE because a lot of people say that the hit that he suffered. Uh, from from Burfecht kind of jostled his brain so much that it, it, it must have done something to him because they said he wasn't the same type of person he became more outlandish from there on out. Other player, other people, and I guess other players and stuff like that from what I've heard uh, on uh, sports radio and things like that say that it was really, he became a diva when he got the, when he got paid. So when he got the big bucks, that's when he decided he got a big giant uh, ego, and people attribute that uh, to, to to that. So there's two sides to that, and of course uh, the ending in Pittsburgh wasn't great. Mike Tomlin somehow was able to <laughs> keep it keep it together for so long, but of course his his Antonio Brown's issues with Ben Roethlisberger uh, caused him to get traded to the Raiders. He froze. He he got frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> right, that was the thing that happened. Crossfight uh, then realized Mike Mayock's not a real GM. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So issues in in Oakland. Uh, yeah, in Oakland, they weren't in Vegas by that point, and and then somehow was out of the game. And then the Buccaneers pick him up. Wins the Super Bowl. Or he went to the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He Patriots, was on the Patriots. That's right. That it was right. So with Tom Brady and those guys, and then uh, yeah, the Buccaneers picked him up, and he won a ring with Tampa. But this year, they were losing to the New York Jets, ten to twenty-four at that point, and there are two sides to this. So we've got Bruce Arians, head coach of the Buccaneers, saying that. Uh, he he wanted him to get into the game and 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 AB was refusing because he was saying he was hurt. He said it twice and then it was became an issue. And Bruce Arians was basically like, "All right, you're not going to play. Get off my team." And Antonio Brown got set off and kind of took that as, "Oh, I'm I'm off 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 the team." And then he took off his jersey and his pads, flung them someplace, took off whatever, flung it into the crowd. And then as the game was going on, went into the opposing end zone and was jumping around, hyping up the crowd, and then he just left. And he was gone. And then you had the, of course, the press conference, Bruce Arians saying he's no longer on the Bucks anymore. And from what Antonio Brown has been saying is that, one, he was hurt. And two, he was saying, I think, Earlier in the game, they weren't putting him in or something like that, or there was an issue with him getting his not his touches because he was targeted, but uh, with the incentives, the the bonus incentives in his contract, and he felt that the Buccaneers were kind of uh, holding him back so that they wouldn't he wouldn't hit those the thresholds that would you know get that incentive and they wouldn't have to pay him the bonus money. So that's that's a thing. 
And for some, a lot of former NFL players have been sounding off on this, saying like, "Yeah, well, that that is a thing. That is a thing that happen. that is a thing that happens. So that's it's not completely uh, out of left field for uh, AB to say that. And for so a lot of players believe him on with regards to that, but other players kind of look at what Bruce Arians and was like, "Well, I mean, <laughs> that was also pretty reasonable." So. Yeah, yeah. So we're here with Antonio Brown. He's he's gone. You gotta think this is it. this is it, right? In his career, like this is this is it. This is the end, right? I mean, I'm just saying. There's a certain team in Nashville that will take any receiver help because, you know, we we already rely on one old busted man who I believe will show out the blowout at the playoffs. I hope. Screw it. Take him. Whatever. No, no, no. no. He's done. Yeah. It's, he has to actually, like, if, if he's cut and everything, no one wants to assume that contract. We're so late into the game. It takes too long to learn playbooks. He can't just be like OBJ, who doesn't really run routes. He's just anywhere near the end zone. Then he'll kind of catch it and go hmm. and get the touchdown. But it's too complex. Today's NFL is not easy for players to just kind of go on a couple weeks' notice, unless they have familiarity for that system. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, that's that's it for that. Uh, the irony was uh, the 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 Buccaneers came back to win that game, twenty eight to twenty four. Of course, it's the New York Jets, so yeah. But Tom, yeah. So so there you go. The Buccaneers came back to win that game, and that's it. That was that was it for that. All right. So let's let's go on. So with this was week seventeen. A lot of stuff has happened. I'm gonna kind of go over where we are with regards to the final week of the season that's about to pop up the 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 playoff race is going down so we're we're going to start with the nfc and then we'll get to the afc because that's where the teams that we care about and one team that i hate but but you, you guys know my my feelings of that well we'll get to that so nfc number one seed is are the green bay packers you know yeah <laughs> yeah there we go that's what i was looking for green bay packers Number one seed, thirteen and three. Play real people. Yeah, leading the NFC North. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers showing out for his final season in Green Bay before he uh, gets signed to the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Listen, I put that groundwork on there for you yeah. of how you should do it, why you should do it, and you know, no excuse why you shouldn't do it. Mm. All right, so there's that. The number two seed, the Los Angeles Rams. Leading the NFC West, so that's 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 set in stone there. Number three are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, NFC South. That's set in stone, twelve and four. Dallas Cowboys leading the NFC East, yeah. eleven and five. Right, so those those are your, all your division leaders, and then the wild cards. We got the Los Angeles Rams, or no, the the, the gosh darn it, well, I'm looking at this wrong. The the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, who have been proven to be frauds? Frauds. Oh, <laughs> oh that was uh, Charles was vindicated over this month. Look, real quickly, Sandlot football means nothing. Y'all just held on because you had a great man named DeAndre Hopkins, even though they won games without him. I can't explain it. it, it explain that how Colt McCoy came on without DeAndre Hopkins, but how Kyler Murray just kind of nosedived without him. Hmm. I, I don't know. So there's there's that. The San Francisco 49ers at number six. And 
the Philadelphia Eagles at number seven. So those that's what's going down. Those are the playoff spots right now in the NFC. So and and well, you've got the New Orleans Saints still fighting. I think they have one. What this? They're the only team that has a shot to take that final I spot. Think. I think. Yeah, I think so. They so so need a lot of help, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do need a lot of help, but there's a possibility that they could take that final spot. And and that's it for for the NFC. Then we got the AFC. Charles's Tennessee Titans are number one at the moment. Without Derrick Henry. Without Derrick Henry, they're 11 and 5, but, leading the AFC South. But <laughs> he might be coming back. So Charles is. Uh, is is warming up, doing his his hand stretches. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs, trash. AFC West, eleven and five. Type of team that are like, can we turn it on when we feel like it? We'll see, we'll see. The Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North. Joe Burrow. Yay? Joe Burrow somehow surviving. He hasn't died yet. And he's he, he survived thus far, led the Bengals to an, an actual division title. And then we got the Buffalo Bills, ten and six. All right. And then then the wild cards, the New England Patriots still got a chance to win that division over the Bills. We'll see what happens in the final week. The Indianapolis Colts is in there at number six, and the Los Angeles Chargers of should be in San Diego. At nine and seven, the Vegas Raiders have a chance of also making the playoffs. Nine and seven, I think the Steelers mathematically are, but everybody's got like to lose. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's that, and then that, that's it. That's it. So, there we go. So, how did we get here? What happened over this past weekend? Well, Charles, let's start with the head-to-head that we had. <laughs> Your beloved Titans versus my hated Dolphins. <laughs> and I, I was vindicated this past weekend, guys. You guys remember my my rant back in I don't know, was it October, something like that? Pretty much, we, it was October. Yeah, yeah. they were one in seven, and I, and I, I finally had it. I finally said, you know what? I, I'm done with the Miami Dolphins. I am done with them. Uh, I, I will not follow them. I will not watch their games. I am done. I, I have finally stopped. Drinking the Kool-Aid. They do this every year. Just just find a way to... And this was the year. This in The year that I was I was given actual hope. I went to training camp, guys. Doug Jackman Trickett. Well, he bought a he helmet. Bought I bought a hat. I bought two hats, guys. I bought two hats. Like I, I was like, you know, we, this is legitimately... I'm, I'm legitimately excited. Hooray. And then, of course, they... They became the Dolphins. One and seven. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. Screw all of this. And then they win a game. Then they win another game. And then they win another game. And then they win another one. And then they're back at 500. And then they are above 500? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they went eight and seven. And I, but I held firm, saying I still don't believe this. They're gonna find a way to screw this up at the end of the season. Watch, watch. They're gonna do it. And I, I even told Doug, I'm, I'm, I'm still not. I'm not gonna believe. 
Why? But, you know, South Florida, I was listening to sports radio. Everybody started drinking the Kool-Aid. You, you know, uh, gosh, man, uh, I listened to Hawkman and Crowder uh, on, on the show, and he had, like, this question. You know, are the Miami Dolphins as constructed right now, not at the beginning, are they a playoff team? Like, they were throwing around those questions. I'm like, no, this team is not a playoff team. Okay? There's a reason they were 1-7. There's a reason for all of this. But, yeah, on Twitter... People want drinking the Kool-Aid. Tua is an actual good quarterback, guys. He's the most accurate guy on the planet right now. He he can throw it, you know, and, and he'll throw it right at the guy. He'll throw it right at the guy. He can't throw it far, but, it, you know, a little bit closer, and he'll throw it right at the guy, and he's pretty accurate, you know? Like, uh, there was all things. Like, Tua's finally coming into his own. He's going to be a good quarterback, guys. We see it did work. It, the tank for Tua did work. We didn't have to draft Herbert. We didn't have to completely tank forever and get Burrow. No, we we, we got our guy. He's our guy. Mm. But guess what, guys? The Dolphins finally played an actual team. An actual NFL caliber team. That was the Tennessee Titans. Tua, once again, was, was put forth in an actual, hey, you got a win situation, not garbage time. Not garbage time against terrible teams like the New York Jets and the New York Giants, okay, and a fraudulent team like the Baltimore Ravens, like nothing, like like real teams. The Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill, okay. <laughs> oh, the every, ultimate revenge. Everything I ever wanted, all the things. The Miami Dolphins are terrible. That old segment that we did, like it, it finally finally came to pass this team fucking sucks <laughs> and i was right i was right to to get off of this ship and i'm not coming back i'm still not back guys i, I don't I, this team sucks and there's there's no way to fix it and Tua is not good okay so Ooh. Ooh. Tua is not was, a good quarterback He's he was the good. most accurate quarterback the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's, that's all I heard. Yeah. His completion percentage is seventy percent. His touchdown interception radio ratio fifteen to four. Uh, yeah. Well. Jalen Waddle putting in this work. Mike Isecki supposed to be the best tight end known to mankind. Mm. <laughs> Zayn Howard oh. supposed to be like the best. Yeah, yeah the Dolphins defense—they're back, guys. Back. The Dolphins defense is back. You know. Whatever, Tua's a Tua's good. All right, it's just our offensive line. Our offensive line's what's what's holding everyone back. Mm-mm. The but Dolphins, as a very whole, important thing, hold everyone back. It it wasn't just a loss. It wasn't just like a close loss. It was thirty-four to three, man. Yeah. Granted, some of it was like garbage time touchdowns by us because we were just bringing that hatred. But I was watching that game, and the first half, I'm like, all right, relatively good. You know, ten to three, you take it, or fourteen to three, you take it. Whatever the thing is. And then came that third quarter. And then came all the Tua can't hold on to the ball whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. Handoffs were dropped. There was like a fumble of him just dropping back, trying to get the thing in throwing position. It's as if the guy has never held the ball before. And that's sometimes the issue that some people have. They're playing in inclement weather because they're not used to it. And you're really not used to it all the time in college because I can't recall. Maybe Andrew can get some life in here because we're talking NFL. I can't recall the last college football game I've seen where there's like heavy rain. There was some rain going on in Tennessee, but um, everything was bad. Remember when they started out like one and seven, I made a comment to you in our group chat where I'm like, man, you know, these guys quit playing for um, Flores. Mm -hmm. It really kind of showed because you don't get blown out 
in must-win games often. You don't play hard for your coach if you're getting dropped by 31 points. It shows that there wasn't really preparation on any side of the ball, offensively or defensively. And Tua was inaccurate completely, but it really doesn't feel like there was a game plan because you had two teams that are constructed similarly in theory, but the one thing about Mike Vrabel is that he will at least be willing to kind of adapt to certain things if need be. Hmm. Whereas Brian Flores is just like, ah, play hard. Okay. But you have to actually show a modicum of success. And most of the time offense defense can't do anything. If you're out there for the three and outs all the time, that's highly like he, look, I think he's, he is a player's coach and I think guys do buy in, but they, they, like he could prepare them against those teams that they beat to get to eight and seven, right? Also lost in Jacksonville. So what does that say, right? Well, yeah, but but you, you can get them there, you know. But he cannot. It's it's not like he can't get them to start off well. Like not even like a they have like slow starts. This is like the second. Like the third year in a row, they've had slow starts where it's just like, okay, they're they're kind of hanging in there, whatever. But no, this is, uh, but that this is like they're facing a real team, an actual team that they can uh, with with something on the line, and they once again completely pooped the bed. Like well, the same thing happened last season, the final game of the year against Buffalo, and they got completely destroyed. And yeah, so. <laughs> And that's the thing. He gets the excuse in the first season because, remember, that's when they went 6-10. No, yeah, the the expectations were so low. So yeah. everybody was like, this is great. The 10-6 and six season was kind of the problem. And it, it's also as if the draft did not look for anything that helped. And at no point was there signing for the thing that Tua needed the most, which was a strong running back because of the fact that that's how Tua really kind of benefited in college. Now, I understand the guy had thrown for like, numerous 500 yards and all these fun things but when you're in bama even with bryce young and what he was doing over this season every quarterback mac jones to a whole bunch of dudes were able greg mcelroy we're just going down the list were able to succeed with some kind of running back who was a pure sub pure lead case in point Najee harris derrick henry even fat boy eddie lacy you know all these people were able to, I feel like I'm missing one early guy, Mark Ingram? Yeah. Were able to really kind of benefit because that's the structure. So now, instead of having that supporting cast in the run game for Tua, what happens is that transition doesn't work well in the professional appeal. And you want to know how I have a proper comparison of it? Look what's going on in Mac Jones. Aside from the fact that Bill Belichick is a genius and Josh McDaniels is a genius offensive coordinator, they take the tape, they see what helped you, you know, benefit the most in college, and then build in there. You have Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson just destroying the hell out of that defensive line, whoever they're playing against, and then asking your quarterback not to do too much. Now, mind you, I know the offensive line is vastly different, but I would venture to say that the defense itself is on par for New England that they have in Miami, especially since their cornerback, aside from J.C. Jackson, um, were really just it's supposed to be good. Is Howard was always asking for big money. Each year always has to get raised. Byron Murphy got signed out. And then you have some draft potential of Jalen Phillips. Um but what's going on? Because Brian Flores just said, all right, you're two, you can do this. 
and that's also on uh, your homeboy. I forgot your GM's name. Chris Greer. Chris Greer. I was going to say Chris Ballard, but Chris Greer, because they didn't look at it and they put too much expectation. Because is that not the problem, too, with quarterbacks? I'm sorry, GMs, when they have a first or second year, even going to a third year quarterback, where they say, ah, you, you can do it all. Um, you know, yeah. we, we don't really have to build as strong of an offense. And they think getting weapons, and you guys can't see me because what I'm doing, finger quotes, mm-hmm. weapons are going to help you out. But Devontae Parker is not a weapon. He's a weak number two, solid number three. Mike Kosicki might be a weapon, but he's also a tight end. And what is a tight end also paid to do? Block. And yeah. they don't have a runner to do that because you just have Miles My- Gaskin, Salvin Amand, and I don't know, Philip Lindsay, who wasn't loved enough in Houston, wasn't loved enough in Denver. So it's a little bit of everything, but you can't expect somebody who really didn't do it himself in college to have to do it all in football just yet. Yep, and it's just been interesting because you know here we are structurally sound as a team in Tennessee, and everybody just hates on us and thinks we can't do it. We're like number seven on power rankings. I'm like, hmm. what? Not only do we have the AFC, you know, number one division. I hopefully I would don't lose to Houston like we did last time. We actually have a competent record as well. Only better than us is over in Green Bay. There's no other twelve win teams, hmm. but whatever, whatever. Yeah, well, okay. So yeah, your your Titans. Put put the spank in there, okay? Yeah, it was a, a lot of surprising facts here. That you get this is the first time you guys have won back to back division titles. Uh, at least yeah. the first time as a Tennessee team. Right? Yeah, since yeah you were in Houston, and that was way back when. And then like two straight eleven win seasons for the first time in a, in, in a while. So there you go. And yeah, the Dolphins effing suck. Yeah, to, to first team ever to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game win streak. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Other games. The Eagles and the football team 2016. Uh, and so the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles clinched their playoff berth right there. Sirianni, coach of the year, saying yeah. that right now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect much from the Eagles, but look, Jalen Hurts almost died. Because uh, yeah. the, the, the Washington football stadium. Uh, was was uh, doing a, a better job of, of, of sacking him than, than the actual team. So and yeah, the football team is going to announce their new name February second. So we'll point and laugh at them for that soon enough, unless they yeah, actually get something be successful. Right. Yeah, unless they actually get something right and with the name, uh, that could be a really surprising thing in twenty twenty two. Okay, so the yeah the Rams. Fraudulent, uh, maybe. Oh, they won 2019 over the Ravens, so Cup surpassed Bruce Isaac Bruce for most reception yards in the season in Rams history. That's that's interesting. Of course, the, we talked about the Bucks and the Jets. The Patriots put 50 on the Jaguars to clinch the playoff spot. Okay, we. So there you go. The Raiders, 23 to 20 over the Colts. Chiefs losing to the Bengals, who clinched their division spot. Uh, let's see. The Bears over the Giants. That game didn't matter. Falcons and the Bills. Bills winning 29-15. Yeah. But they did what they were supposed to do, beating Atlanta. Uh, who were also a team that was like, well, we, we, we kind of suck, but hey, we might actually get a shot at this. And then it was like, nope, no, you guys suck. Okay. Uh, the 49ers beating the Texans, 23-7. to 
the Chargers, Herbert doing the thing, winning a game he was supposed to win, 34-13. Um, and the most pass yards, most pass touchdowns in a season in Chargers history. So he set that record already. Saints. Crazy considering the fact that you had Philip Rivers there, man. Yeah, well, he, he passed. He fat. He passed Philip Rivers. That was the record that he beat. So he's got 35, 35 touchdowns already in year two. So yeah, the Dolphins screwed up. Uh, right, the Lions losing to the Seahawks, fifteen to twenty-nine. That doesn't matter. Cardinals barely beating the Cowboys, twenty-five to twenty-two. Packers spanking the Vikings. And they have home field advantage in the NFC. And the Steelers, 26-14 over Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. Uh, there were a lot of jokes as to whether he's going to go into the transfer portal. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. Um, I feel bad for Baker, man. Like, they should have just not even played him yesterday. Like, they knew they were mathematically out of the equation. And they're like, we're still going to play you because F Pittsburgh. And the guy's just going to get further hurt. He's got a pop shoulder, torn shoulder, everything going on. Bad What's, knees, yeah, bad what, everything. What is the point? Unless he's unless he's one of those guys that are like, no, I'm getting my damn incentives. <laughs> well, no. Well, he's on that rookie contract guarantee. But here's the thing. Now they're going to shut him down for next week, so he's not going to be there. So if you already knew you were going to make this position and he needed surgery like ASAP, how are you helping your investment? Because what if there's a possibility that it intensifies further? I mean – if I'm playing a game with a separated shoulder, torn labrums, bad knees, and then I have the option to be a sick because we're mathematically out there, I would be gladly taking that considering the fact that the opposing side has TJ Watt and like, he, he ain't going to be nice. He ain't going to kiss me on the lips as he drags me to the ground. Hell nah. Yep. Well, and so that that's where we're at in the NFL, guys. Anything else that sticks out you want to mention? Um... Did Urban get fired when we were gone or no? Yeah, yeah, that's when he got that's when he got canned. Called it, Charles Ferdamas, buy our shirt. That's why yeah. I'm unplugging it. I said he wouldn't last one yeah. season. Mm-hmm. I literally said that when he was hired. Respect the technique. Yep, yep. So, so yeah, Urban Meyer is finally fired, guys. Angie, you can go back to beating the Jaguars fan if you feel like it. You know, so you can go back to that. And yeah, this is this is uh, up there with one of the worst. Coaching hires in NFL history, uh, I would say. It's up there. Okay. And yeah, you know, yeah. They, they, here's the thing we talked about Shad Khan being a joke too, a little bit as a bad owner. This is not the first time he has fired a coach within one year. He did the same thing to, I believe, Mark Malarkey when they went 1 15. Yeah. When they hired him, when they had uh, Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback. So you talk about not being able to get it right. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Hmm. I guess the best thing is you can't go any lower. Unless, Shad, if you're hearing now, you just hired me. And I <laughs> give you the first ever 0 17 team. But I played a lot of Madden, so I could probably coach up. Slants, verts, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. And then the, I'm going to show this off in the Goosenest gift shop. We have the Charles Sardamas t shirt now. Okay. Not, not just the t-shirt you can get the hoodie you can get stickers you can get tea you can get the mug you can get the mask if you feel like it okay because it is a sweet beard a, a lot of a lot of eerily accurate predictions by this guy and we finally immortalized it in the form of merch so get yours get yours okay 
20 bucks. I predict you will all look good if you wear it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're done with that. We, we got all, all kinds of stuff there on the, on the gift shop. So uh, check that out if you feel like it. Where are we at here? Okay. What else can I talk about? What else can go down? Uh, let's see. Let's take a look at the scoreboard right now. So we got NHL. Can you guys hear me? Now I can. Now we can. What's up, yeah. Andrew? We, we didn't know if we bored you with football or not. For for some, I, I don't get it. For some reason, my mic keeps dying. cutting off. Hmm. Is is the plug completely plugged in? Maybe sometimes it loosens up. No, I'm just using the, the computer. Oh, it sounds pretty. It, yeah. Oh, okay. It sounds pretty super it, clear. It, it's a new laptop. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know why I forgot about it, but I have a Gottlieb goon. Oh, here we go. Let's do it. Well, this it. I'm not sure if this is the first time I've brought him on the show, but damn if I shouldn't have brought him on before. Kirk Herbstreet. Oh, yeah. That's so, my man Kirk here, actually I shouldn't even call him my man. The big he fit. <laughs> he, he's on my shit list right now, and makes sense considering I'm calling him a got my Gottlieb goon. Um, so there's been a debate recently over the past few years, mainly since the college football playoff began in 2014. That's when this started to kind of happen more and started to kind of come to the forefront you have players that are opting out for college football. You guys that are opting out of their mm, bowl. Yeah, this is the big thing going down. A- Andrew, can we can we start this conversation going into the second half? Sure. This, this is a big one, and I think we, it, it was it's it's probably it's probably the topic at issue going on right now in college sports, at, mm-hmm. in college football especially, uh, right now. So let's put a pin in that. Because we're, we're getting to the halfway point, guys. And we, we know what that means. It, it's, it's a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you, that we've been enjoying over the last, well, I mean, we could even say the last month, over the holidays, over the new year. So who wants to start off in 2022? I'll do it. All right, Andrew. Considering that I just brought it up. My non-sponsor is Hewlett Packard. Oh, here we go. I support Hewlett, this. Hewlett Packard, which is a an electronics company, is the manufacturer of my brand new laptop. Um, it is. Needless <laughs> you, to say, you I'm desperately not, needed one. <laughs> yes, I desperately needed one. Um, you know, I'm. I. One thing that I I still have my Macs, mind you, but I they're kind of collecting dust right now because this thing is just so quick. Um, the one thing I miss about the Macs is that one you could click into the touchpad. Um, the the touchpad doubled as your your click. I found that a lot more efficient, and then also. Mac does a lot better with uh, typing shortcuts. Um, mm. You know, I, I like to use M dashes and N dashes a lot. Um, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, section symbols, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to enter these alt codes in. And yeah, these... it's it's more trouble on on a, on a Windows. Right. That being said, uh, and also the the just in general, the shortcuts are a lot harder. Um, like to take a screenshot, hell of a lot easier on a Mac. Um, you just have to click three buttons, bam, bam, bam. There you go. Your, yours uh, doesn't have like a print screen button. That's usually the screenshot button on the. On true, the but I use, I don't usually try to pr- to do the whole screen. I usually do one window. Ah, uh, yeah, that yeah, that's the thing. That's a that's the thing. Yeah, it, it takes the whole screen, so just the uh, actual window. But I digress. I'm sure yeah. as I go on, I'll find tips and tricks. Um, but man, this thing is fast. What, what um, what's the model? So I can look for it here. It is. Let's see. Doesn't say on the on the front there, or on the bottom. Here we go. Hold on. Uh, it is a fifteen dash DW three. I'll see if that pops up anything. Is it like this Envy thing that I see here? Um, I have a Pavilion X three sixty. I have a little sticker. Let's see. Is it a i five and i seven solid state drive? It's got to be one of these. Like, and is it like does does it turn into a, a a tablet? Is it one of those? No, no. Okay, okay. It's got to be this NV thirteen here. That kind of looks like it. Right? Does it look like that? Uh, let me is see. Thirteen point three inch screen. It's silver. It is silver. Uh. That's what they show here. If anything, it'll look similar to it, at least. This isn't one of those two-in-ones. No, it's just the laptop. Okay. Yeah, even uh, my two-in-one, I I, kind of find it... A a tablet's just much easier. The two-in-one thing sounds like it's a good idea, but I think it's more unwieldy, especially from the size of it. But I don't know. But either way... I don't I don't use the tablet form on my one. By the way, Andrew's got a, a PC. That means you can game on it, Andrew. And that means I could send you all the things to get all the free games. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can actually play a game. Yeah, look. Hey, man, we got Tomb Raider. You can still claim Tomb Raider if you feel like it. I don't know if you're... All you, the Tomb thing, Yeah, I don't know if you can... Man, you might be able to run it on completely low settings, too. Like, there's a possibility. So and you can game on that. So there's there, that's that's opening up to you. So we'll see if we can turn Andrew into a hardcore PC gamer, PC master race, okay? And then he'll dye his hair pink. He'll have RGB laptop and mouse and <laughs> and chair. He'll have a gaming chair. It's like, yeah, damn for he'll list sixty nine here. <laughs> so, but you're en- you're enjoying it. The speed obviously is probably the huge upgrade there. 
And you, you sound super clear, dude. That mic is pretty good. That's in it. Yeah, I'm very I mean, surprised. I mean, let me let me tell you this. So, I I currently have three laptops. One of them I I use kind of as a a tertiary auxiliary. Uh, that thing is from two thousand eight. I barely use that. Um, although that was the laptop I used while I was in law school. Um, so that thing almost made it to 10 years <laughs> as, as an active use. Um, the two that I use most now are from 2012. So they're at 10 years, more or less. Uh, the one that I prefer which is a lot faster. Unfortunately, if a couple of the keyboard, uh, the keyboard broke on the M period and comma keys. Ooh, so those are, those are super makes, necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it makes typing really hard. I have to just copy and paste all the time. Um, so then I have this other one, which is a lot faster, uh, which the keyboard works, but it is slow as hell. Um, <laughs> But now I have functioning keyboard and speed. So I am very happy of this development. Mm. And, you know, like I said, I, I prefer the the Apple shortcuts and all that. But, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Um, but, yeah, that's been a life changer. Uh, I can actually do shit now in... Uh, relatively quick speed hmm okay uh, you, man I'll have to show it to you next time I can see you in person mm. um, promo code bad shortcuts <laughs> <laughs> okay who's next um sure all right, that's how we started to it because yeah. you know i'm coming in the ideas with superlatives but then you know my brain had to go functioning because i can't live in the past guys you know but however past can lead to the present which is the future of all things so i i look back and i say what have i been doing a lot of times and there's so many options that i can give credit to where i can enjoy but but to do so would be like giving you know, homage and appreciation to Disney, and that makes me want to vomit a little bit in my throat. So instead, what I'll do is I'll just namely specifically address the show. How about this? So I saw the biggest Marvel blockbuster out there in 2021, and I, I was holding on to it for 2022, and it was not Spider-Man. It was Hawkeye on uh, Disney+. Plus. And I, so oh, I that is Disney. such a good show. It is just so damn good. I don't binge a lot. You guys know I'm bad about it. Um, I am that person who will start something and then forget about it, or I, I just have it just kind of get stuck in my head a little bit. So this is going to kind of be a twofer because it is like two shows, but one of them's on a declarative uh, on a like an asterisk. One of the asterisks is Dexter New Blood. That's the past to the present, going to the future. I, I love Dexter originally, and now it's on New Blood, but the finale like next week so i can't comment on it but watch it and then we'll hear my rage next week but talking about hawkeye we all like avengers i hate disney 
I like Marvel. I hate Disney. I hate Disney what they did to Star Wars. They bastardized it in the worst way because they thought that Star Wars is about flying, glowing light sticks and explosions and all this other stuff. And it wasn't that. I, I won't belabor the point of what Star Wars meant to me individually, but it wasn't whatever the hell they decided to do from episode seven, eight, and nine, which is weird because I like seven, even though it's a rehash of New Hope. I like eight because I like the idea of Luke messing up. I have so much mixed feelings about um, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, but I digress. So I was very anti-Disney+. Plus. You couldn't sell out to me. Um, I didn't care about all the other Marvel shows. I don't care about uh, Scarlet Witch missing her sex toy that is Vision. I don't care about Captain Soldier or Captain... <laughs> well, it is! I'm sorry! I don't care about Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though I like the two characters, because really, you just could have used that to transcend into the plot of your fourth Captain America movie. I don't care for What If... Um, I hate multiverse as a theory because maybe I'm a person who lives in the past or in the future and I'm always very stuck on every decision I make and I didn't care for there was like one other one that came out but of course I forget it and my ranting and raving and my hatred of things because I'm petty but I like Hawkeye. I've read the Matt Fraction, David Aja comics. I like what they were going with it. I do read comics so I don't need it to be shot for shot, word for word, everything to be a purist kind of thing. So I'm like, fine, the trailer looked fun. It looked grounded, which is what I needed it to be. I'm sick of these big old explosive, you, you know, multiverse galaxy things, considering the fact that certain characters shouldn't really be the ones introducing the concepts of multiverse <coughs> Spider-Man. Um, but you're telling me you're going to get a Hawkeye show? Fine. I watched it, like, start to finish in one day. Six episodes, ranging from 40 minutes to an hour. And it was, it was just a lot of fun. I can't wait to cancel my Disney Plus subscription because it feels so dirty <laughs> because of it. But Moon Knight comes out, and I did also read Moon Knight from the Warren Ellis construct. So that's really good, too, if you want to read stuff, Kanashu or Noshu, whatever they call his moon god. But there's certain time. Oh, I'm a sellout, guys. We already know that. So I feel like I, I just hate the fact that I'm defending myself on this. But I can't recommend it enough. It is fun. It's adventurous. It's got heart. Um, Kate Bishop is an excellent secondary character. They took deliberties with some stuff. There's some big surprises in there that some people hate because they're associated with other things other people love. I feel it really comes down to the fact of what this show did well is where all the other Disney shows failed is that they made Hawkeye your favorite Avenger without you realizing it. Um, Scarlet Witch is my favorite Avenger after she had the opportunity to have six episodes to make a TV show. Nor is Winter Soldier or, you know, Captain Falcon is what we're going to call him now until he fully encompasses it in the fourth movie. And damn it, I know there's another show I'm forgetting. I, I, it's going to bother me, folks. It's going to bother me so badly. Daredevil? This... No, 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 no. Listen, listen. The Marvel construct, we never betray that. But I'm talking about Disney mm, mm. MCU shows because it definitely mm. wasn't what if. Yeah. Um, but they achieved what I think they had to do with Hawkeye which was to make him, you know, either someone you can really root behind and favorite. Yes, you do have to watch um, if you have not caught up on all. Oh, Loki. I don't care about that. All that to introduce multiverse. We love Tom Hiddleston, but I'm going to say straight up. So let's stop loving villains. This man brought aliens to decimate Earth. But just because he helps out Thor one time, two times, we should forget the fact of how many people died. If there was Dragon Balls out there, maybe I could let it pass in the Vegeta concept mindset. Same thing with Frieza. But not in this case. Stop worshipping Loki. He's a bad hombre. If only uh, Ben Affleck 
Batman was in this universe, he wouldn't let him forget right. it. Right. <laughs> we wouldn't. But Hawkeye, I, I, I really Martha. went longer than I want Martha. Would you say that name? I went longer on this than I should have, but it's definitely recommendable. I don't know if I need a second season. They could just branch out to other shows, but this is how Disney should be using their time, their investment. I watched all six the day uh, Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. I loved it. I'm entertained with it. And the thing is, it takes place during Christmas. So what's even better about this, you can make this into your Christmas tradition if you really chose to do so. And I don't see why you shouldn't. Because God forbid, everybody wants to go watch No Way Home five damn times and piss in my cereal because I say it's a week eight. But God knows I can't have an opinion. But you know what's not a week eight? Hawkeye. You know what you should do? Watch it if you haven't watched it. Even if you have to sell it like me and get Disney Plus, get the Hulu bundle, it's good. You get ESPN too. Some people hate it, but you know, they gotta live with it because if not, they're gonna starve. Promo code Best Archer Live or World's Best Archer. I'm trying to remember how Kate does it, but go watch it. Okay. All right. So there you go. And we kinda I kinda had a feeling we'd mention Charles's feelings on spider-man a little bit in this show so there we go that's that's what i was expecting guys all right although by the way no spoilers for no way home because i finally just got around to seeing the first two oh okay oh i was about to open the door up real much i i actually i actually binged them last night i'm like i'm fine Mm. they're actually quite good they were a lot better than i expected (laughs) charles is not having it Charles is not having Iron Spider. He's a grown-ass man. He can like what he likes. God. <laughs> so, all right, guys. So, uh, I guess I will go next. And my my non-sponsor is the Epic Games Store. Talk so, about real sellouts. Yeah, Epic Games Store. I am... Uh, you can type in my creator code every time you buy something on the Epic Game Store or Rocket League or Fortnite if you want. Just type in FGOGR. I get a kickback there. Come on, guys. Anyways, Epic Game Store. So it's it's technically not a sponsor. It's just, you know, a collaboration and affiliation. That's all. So they're not really a sponsor. Okay, guys? Just going to throw that out there. But, yeah, Epic Game Store. Uh, I don't know. There are people who are pissed off, like, when they first came out. And it was like, well, Steam is better because Steam was, of course, it's not like they had a monopoly on the PC gaming landscape, but they essentially did with regards to distributing games on PC. They were number one. If you wanted to be, if you were anybody, you would try and get your stuff on the, on Steam, of course, but Steam has a, um, I guess one of the issues with developers is how much you know, Steam gets, uh, you know, they're, they're cut from the sales and they, they had a big cut. So Epic Games comes in trying to be competitive. It's like, hey, we'll take a smaller cut, okay? Smaller cut and you get on our stuff. And they were signing exclusive deals with uh, developers and publishers out there uh, having timed exclusives for, for a lot of their games. And it pissed a lot of people off. But one of the things that they did to get a lot of people on their side was like, guys, well, We'll give you free games. Steam doesn't do that. Steam doesn't just give you free games unless the developer wants to give you free games. But you know what? We're we're the ones going to incentivize developers so every once in a while. You know what? Throw up a free game there. We'll pay for it, you know? And let people join in on the fun. So Epic Games has been doing that since really their inception. I think their first one 
the first big one uh, was Grand Theft Auto Five. So they, they threw that out as as the first one to kind of get people to really entice people to, to join. But they've been doing it ever since, and they they dropped a big one over over the holiday break. Uh, a trio, the Tomb Raider trio uh, of the latest reboot, Tomb Raider One, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. All three are free right now, Andrew, with your PC. Okay. <laughs> Just sign up for the Epic Game Store, and you know you can get free games. And they got Gods Will Fall coming up after that, January sixth. So. Uh, they're, they're just constantly giving away free games from all types of genres and and, and everything. So um, it's it's been good for me, guys. It's been good for me, kind of rounding out this this uh, this PC game uh, library that I have. You guys know that I, I I've been uh, strictly with Nintendo for a long time, and, and kind of held me back. With regards to enjoying things that were on PlayStation and, and Xbox and, and stuff that were exclusively on PC. Not very few of them. But, yeah, PC Master Race. Just, you know, the, the graphics, the, the flexibility, things like that that you can get with those. Okay, And I've got a ton of games for free because of that. Okay, I got Alien Isolation. I got A Plague Tale Innocence. I got Control also for free. We love Control. Got Control. Okay, there, there's uh, got the, these three Tomb Raider games, uh, Horizon Chase Turbo, an indie racing game that's kind of reminiscent of Outrun. That's I got that for free. It's a really good game. I really enjoyed that. Okay, I got Neo on here. Uh, I've got Prey, but Charles doesn't like that. <laughs> uh, I don't Prey. have poo poo on Arcane, even though I gave Death of like I think my final. Mm-hmm. Praise? Did I? I get, yeah, I gave yeah, him my yeah, final yeah, you, uh, yeah, you, you, you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So but you know what? Praise sucks. All right, yeah, we all make we mistakes go. in life, and we improve, and that's what Arcane Lions did. Yeah, when so, they went from prey, which was meh to <laughs> So we, we, I got Saints Row the Third, got Shenmue Three recently, got Sonic Mania. Of course, I already bought that myself beforehand, but I got it for free anyways on Epic Games. Okay, it's the Stanley Parable, which is a pretty cool game uh, as well. Uh, and I uh, recently just got World War Z. So just a bunch of games. So you got the AAAs on here. Okay, so maybe a few of them are you know, a couple, just a couple years old. That's not bad. They're like two, three years old. So it's it's been good for me. It's been really good for me. I really enjoyed it. And every once in a while they'll have like a sale. That they And I think every year they give you a $10. They give you like a, um, yeah, like a $10 coupon to... To use on any game over over fifteen bucks, so I did that to buy Death Stranding for like ten bucks, because uh, Death Stranding was on sale. We're for... both gonna be Kojima, uh, yeah, stands, yeah, so perfect, yeah. So it was on sale. I'm like, hey, why not? And then Charles just so happened to have gotten it on PS5. So we're, we're gonna find a way. Like whenever you're ready, Charles, I'm ready to play that game. So uh, I still, I still, <laughs> it's going to be done too. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh no. It's like, like Kojima. 50, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a Kojima stroke fest, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be 50 hours of that. And guess what? We'll have fun with that. So there you go. But yeah, Epic game store. If anybody who has a gaming PC or just even like a, a regular laptop, cause you're going to get those indie games. They're not really taxing on any laptop out there that you have. Uh, just get it. You'll get free games. Well, who doesn't like free games? I've saved a ton of money 
because of that. And when they give you those $10 coupons, kind of gives you an incentive. Yeah, you know what? All right. Things are on sale around the holidays. You can get games for cheap. Okay. So promo code. Steam. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. It only makes sense. Okay, well, why are you going to be pissed off when you got free games? They run on the damn computer anyways. You don't have to. It's like, oh, there's another client running on there. You don't have to open them all up at once when you turn on your PC, guys. Okay, there's options. It's the reason you got a PC is for the options and for the pirating of, of console games. <laughs> all right. And the mods. Yeah, and the, uh, the mods too. All right, so let's, let's go on. So, Andrew, we put a pin on your Gottlieb's goon. So let's get back to that. <laughs> And it's Kirk Herb Street, and yeah, yeah, let's go. And to and to an extent, Desmond Howard as well. Oh, okay. So, so just as a little bit of background, um, so since really 2014, um, when the college football playoff has in a sense sort of devalued the non the non semifinal or final games so really it's even the biggest bowls the the rose bowl the peach bowl the fiesta bowl when they're not a semifinal they are kind of even they are relegated to a lesser rank even though they are the new year six. Um, and that's not even mentioning the second tier bowls, like uh, the citrus bowl, the um, outback bowl, uh, the gator bowl. Um, but then when you're talking about the lower tier bowls, like the camellia bowl, um, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, uh, <laughs> yeah, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are forty-two bowls. I could go on for the rest of the show discussing each of them. But hey, we actually did that before the break. Yeah, we did do that or slightly after the break. But anyway, so you see a lot of players. Uh, a lot is a very relative term. Because when each team has 100 kids and there are 130 schools, you're looking at 13,000 football players. Is that correct math? Yeah. Well, okay. So, but yeah. That's it's a lot. Yeah. Tree if you're asking lawyers to do math. But. <laughs> um, but it's a lot. It's a lot of people. Um it's definitely not thirteen hundred because that would be ten. So yeah, I think thirteen thousand. Um, so we're talking about a handful of guys, guys that are legitimate prospects for the NFL. So, you know, I'm just going to be honest here. I mean, I care about every player, but let's be honest. Uh, uh, there are certain guys, you know, the Matt Corrals, the um, Caleb Williams at some point, the Dylan Gabriels, etc. The stars that are inevitably going to be in the draft. 
Um, they there's been a tendency for them to opt out of their bowl game in their in their final season. Um, and the reason is pretty simple. They don't want to get injured. Um, you know, it gives them an extra month or so to to prep for the NFL. Um, but more importantly, it's one less game for them to get injured. And a very large contingent of people, and it's heavily supplemented by people like Herb Curbstreet and Desmond Howard, are questioning the dedication of these players for opting out. And, you know, I'll be honest, I was part of that crew initially when I didn't know better and I didn't really know when I was uh, more naive, if you will. Um, But listen, it's, it's, it's up to them. They don't owe anything to us as fans to the school they're you literally know, not getting paid <laughs> that's another thing they're not contractually obligated mm-hmm. to play a game um i mean in a sense they are because if they choose not to play through the regular season you know they can be stripped of their scholarship or kicked off the team but it's one game what are you going to do kick them off they're going to the NFL. That's their final season. What are you going to do? Um, but you've got uh, Kirk Herbstreet here saying uh, he was wondering why the non-playoff bowl games were meaningless to players. Um, isn't that what we do as football players? We compete. I don't know if changing it, expanding it is going the playoff is going to change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. And then Desmond Howard, who won the nineteen ninety Heisman, and bear in mind, Kirk Herbstreet was you know, I'm gonna look up his stats in college. Mm. So uh, he played for four years. Uh-huh. He had a grand total of 197 completions for 349 yards. There are quarterbacks today that rack up more than 349 yards in one game. Mm. He yeah. was a mediocre at best mm-hmm. quarterback in college. He played, and the amazing thing is, he played all 12 games in his junior and his senior years, and he played 10. He played 12, 24, 34, 42 games, which is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, he only had five touchdowns to 11 interceptions. His only decent year was his senior year, where he had a pretty good 1,900 passing yards. He had a but even then, he had a four-touchdown to six-interception rate. That's 
shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Ohio State only got to what the Citrus Bowl in 1993. So I mean, that's 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 a sh- that's a I'm gonna be honest. That's a shitty quarterback. <laughs> you uh, saw Kirk. Even Tua was better than you. <laughs> Well, at the college level, absolutely. Tua, <laughs> I think Tua could have won the Heisman, but I digress. Um, I don't think so. No. Well, no okay. He didn't. But regardless. So, yeah. Kirk Bryce Young was Alabama's first QB to, to win the Heisman. But anyway, and then, admittedly, Desmond Howard oh, is a legit. He got all those other weird awards. Sorry. And, and Desmond Howard really good as a as a college football player one of the best he won the heisman enough said um but they have such a an old school mindset here you're you're questioning uh, this is a great quote here i think this era of player just doesn't love football um I mean, yeah, that's that is awful. Because <laughs> so what you're saying, Kirk, and I, I apologize. It's easy to love I, football when you were a backup, you know, or a mediocre starter when Ohio State was in their lean years. You know, it's easy to love football because if you're lucky enough, like you just feel lucky to be there. Like it's you know you, you can love football then you can try and love football then but when these guys are literally doing this with an actual shot and making the NFL, it becomes a job to them and then then they got the whole thing with studying on top of that, um, you know then it becomes a job and it's hard to love it, especially when everybody's taking advantage of you and you don't earn a single dime. But, you know. So. And I, I apologize, gentlemen, but I pretty much guarantee that any shot of Kirk Herbstreit coming on our show is basically gone at this point. Um, and thank God he doesn't own our radio, our radio station uh, or our podcast. Otherwise, he probably would have fired me like uh, Rob Manfred. <laughs> well, he's also an ESPN shill. Yeah. So what happens he is ESPN has all the balls. Yeah. So he's like, like on the worst. Well, so- don't try to lie on agendas. And it's so weird He's, to have people who have the same mindset. But that's what I followed on the Twitter world. Everybody's like, you know what? This guy works for the you know the big red machine here. So the mouse. That's yeah. why you should cancel your Disney Plus subscriptions too. <clears throat> hey, don't don't insult the don't insult the name of the big red machine, one of the powerhouses of of nineteen seventies baseball. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, I was talking about uh, Glenn Jacobs, also known as. They did beat the Yankees. I mean, WWE. I don't know. Oh, we, uh, we all have different definitions of who the big machine is. Oh no, the Yankees beat them in nineteen seventy. Come on, That's Johnny Bench, yeah. Tony Pena, yeah. uh, Joe Morgan, rest of Joe Morgan, uh, Kane, allegedly the brother of Mark Calloway. The other Tony Taker, Perez. Tony you Perez. Find out twenty five yeah. years he's not. Pete Rose. He's also mayor of Na- Knoxville or Nashville. Yeah, Nashville? but I digress. Sorry, I'm uh, going. Down. Yeah, yeah. So, the I, funny is very relative here. Ironic, very ironic thing is the day after Kirk Herbstreit says this, Ole Miss's quarterback, Matt Corral, gets injured in the Sugar Bowl. 
Matt Corral is projected to be going relatively early in the NFL draft. And all of a sudden, Kirk Herbstreit is like, oh, God, I hope he's okay. And it's like, Kirk, you... You, you hypocritical yeah. asshole. Yeah, there you go. Because so what you're saying is that Matt Corral did a good job by sacri- by potentially sacrificing, thank God, it only appears to be an ankle sprain. Th- that's that's the word is that was only a, a mild ankle sprain. Which, if that's the case, that really should not affect his draft stock. But, God forbid, what happens if he breaks his ankle instead of sprains it? You know, broken anything is going to drop your draft stock. I mean, look what happened to Tua. You know, there was the whole tank for Tua thing until he, what was it, broke his hip or something? But no, yeah, he broke something. It was a in lower body injury. Let's use the NHL yeah. terminology there. <laughs> he, he did something bad to his lower body. No, it was hit. And it was a hit. Yeah, he was right. So that dropped him from one to five, which, in the grand scheme of things, you know, not it's not terrible, but that's millions of dollars that he lost, and that wasn't a regular season game whatever we're comparing apples to oranges here but my point is are you saying that matt corral is somehow more dedicated to football i I love this comment here you see here matt corral barely able to limp off the field right now but at least kirk hersey doesn't have to question how much he loves playing football exactly i don't want to hear any shit about opt-outs from him or anyone else and 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 you know, a lot of people are still on this side here of, of him. If you opt out of your bowl game, you got to wonder, you seriously wonder why you would be considered by an NFL team. You're a bad teammate, all this other stuff. And then this other guy here with, like, not one high first-round draft pick stock has ever fallen because they skipped the bowl game. None, zero, NFL teams don't care and likely actually prefer it because they want the talent they draft to be available day one. Like... And there's and there's I guess there's there's also yeah there's a like a, a disparaging of, of the two sides because there's people football fans you have people who like both versions of football um, you have uh, people that love strictly college football and love strictly the NFL and then you have the other stuff like like Freddie that watches the CFL and stuff like that but but like <laughs> but it's just those two sides and I, I think. People who love strictly college football think like Kirk Herbstreit for the most. Well, maybe not all of them, but I'm sure that most of the people on that side of the argument are strictly college football fans. You know, people who, who cheer for Alabama, and Alabama is the only thing that they like and the only thing that they care about and the only thing that they have to live for because they live in Alabama. So, and we just lost every Alabama listener. So, uh, you know, not, not, not unless they go to, not unless they live in uh, Auburn. Alabama fans. has seceded from Goof's Nation. Oh, well, it's not the first time it's seceded from anything. So, <laughs> 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 they were wrong the last time they did it. So, uh, yeah. But, but my, my, my ultimate point, though, is they're opting out of one game. Yeah. One game that ultimately doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Because, look, 
Look, like for me, when I hear, and, and I think Mackenzie Milton actually tweeted this out too. Like, when it's like, oh, seriously questioning them when they don't want to play in the Beefo Brady's Bowl or something like that. Like, you hear something like the Beefo Brady's Bowl and you just think, <laughs> what, what kind of shit show is this? You know? I um, mean, what. What seems to really get these people annoyed is when they're opting out of the bigger bowl games, like the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl. But even bowl. but but once more, like if the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl are not part of the one year where they're not part of the college football playoff thing, then what does the winning a gigantic bowl of oranges really matter? You know, and. And, and it's what, not like money and stuff like that money that you don't get anyways. It's, it's not like, like, let's say someone is like a two year starter or if they're lucky, a three year starter, you know, they, they're not opting out of these games when they still have more eligibility and they're not obviously going to be going to the draft. You know, you don't see a sophomore starter opting out and say, you know, I'm opting out of this game. I'll be back next year. You know, that would piss the team off. That would piss the fans off. You know, he's choosing to end his career one game early. And, you know, it's it's a – people are saying, you know, you know, he's so uh, – selfish he's letting his team down some a true example of that actually happening is dylan gabriel from uc was of ucf Oof. i should know that he was coming and again if you want to transfer fine it's your life transfer it's in the rules transfer go wherever you want that's fine what bothers me is when you force out Mackenzie Milton so that you can be the starter. And then when you break your collarbone, admittedly, that sucks. But he chose not to play for two months, even though he was totally rehabbed. And he basically shut himself in and was focus more on selling his socks and other wares, which again, totally fine with, but that's giving up on your team. You, if you say I'm done here, say it right then. Don't drag it out. And at a bare minimum, just be a hindrance to your team. You're not look at Mackenzie Milton. He's out. His leg is beat to shit in 2019. But he's still there. And he wants to come back to play in 2020. Um, but Mackenzie Milton is there teaching, mentoring, tutoring Dylan Gabriel. Knowing full well that he's probably going to be taking his spot. And Dylan does more than just not pay it forward. 
he actively is duping the team and the fans. That's giving up on your team, not opting out of one bowl game. Okay, so I got to interrupt. Why why can't he just transfer, though? Even though you feel that it's his best situation, he doesn't want to be in that situation anymore. He did transfer. Yeah, but why are you giving him poo-poo on it? If he doesn't want to play for your school anymore, it's the same logic of I don't want to play in this bowl game out of prevention. Opt out in the middle of the year. Don't just stick around and wait waste resources. If if you know you're not going to play, even though you're fully ready and available to play. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent comparing him to Antonio Brown here, because you know I feel for Antonio. Something's up with his brain. It's obvious. But look, look what happened at the game on Sunday or whenever it was. The coach asked him to go in. He said no. The coach asked him again. He said no again. He said, all right, go, leave. So uh, Dylan that's Gabriel. Big, that's a big stretch, man. You're, you're talking about a guy who is, you know, remind me for my sake Gabriel broken collarbone wasn't going to play in the season anyway, right? His season was done. That's not that's not true. He uh, well, was that's why I'm asking for clarification. Okay. He was he was cleared two months before the end of the season. It was but he didn't want to play for y'all anyway, though. It was supposed to be a six week injury, six to eight week injury. He had two months where he was medically cleared, and was just me being mum about it and just sitting around doing nothing, not even dressing in uniform for two months. I get it. If you're injured, that's fine. That sucks. But rehabilitate yourself. Get better. But if I don't want to be this guy. Maybe Francisco was a facilitate, but you're on the Kirk Herbstreet mindset of you owe an obligation to the team, the school, to do what I tell you you should do, what ought to do, as opposed to looking to the individual. Uh, okay, so, I think it's a big right, stretch so, to even I, say that him and Brown are the same guy. So my whole deal, even come close to that My whole deal with whatever college football players want to do, my whole deal is you're not getting paid. And if you're not getting paid, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want within whatever <laughs> rules are out there. So, if he can transfer to another school, guess what? UCF is not paying him. He's not contractually obligated to be at that school. He's gone. That's it. I mean, there's no, there's no moral hype. There's no morality. There's nothing to it. It's just whatever they want, they get. And the fact that they don't get paid is kind of like my, my – it's like, well, why – what what's what's the incentive? What's what, what's the incentive? You know, Antonio Brown felt that he was wrong because there were incentives there and he was not getting, and that's why he went whatever. Whereas with the college athletes, there's no incentive to stay at a certain school. There's for whatever reason, there is no incentive to stay. Okay, you can get the name and likeness stuff off, you know, on the side if you want to now, but there's no contractual obligation to stay at that school. They might have all, you know, I'm have obligations for. You know, uh, getting that scholarship and stuff like that, but you know, if you're within the rules, you can transfer. And if you're, you've, and you and you know, you have an NFL team lining up, go ahead and leave. 
go ahead and just be like, you know what, peace out, guys. I'm done. It was nice being here. Tuscaloosa sucks as a city. I'm never coming back. <laughs> that's it. You know, like that. That's that's how I see it. That's how uh, like they're not getting paid or whatever. Then you know, so so c'est la vie. I think uh, people got pissed at. At, at, uh, there was a thing with like Deion Sanders where a, a, a commit left Florida yeah, State to go work for him. And I'm just like, well, that sucks for Florida State, but the kid didn't sign anything. He didn't whatever, and he's still not getting paid. We're, it's not like the Seminoles paid him, and he, he, he flaked out and then um, crashed everything and then went on over to them. Like that's not what happened. So people, Florida State fans who got angry and just like, guys, we're gonna suck anyways. So next year, what difference would this have made? But aside from the jokes from that, it it, it doesn't it doesn't like I, I I don't feel it. I don't feel any sort of anger or th- I'm on the side of the players to be honest. <coughs> I'm on the side of the players, and and yeah, that's how that's my feelings on on this whole whole thing with regards to. Either opting out of playing games or leaving your old school for another one, like this, it's just or, or not committing to a school and changing your your commit to someplace else. And it's like, hey, I, no no I'm dollar totally... signs were put out there to kind of push into that. And maybe you you know you can be hurt. Maybe things were promised, but there's no dotted line that says that. Uh, that that something else should have happened. So, you know, until until that day arrives, until that day arrives, where it's it's really no skin off my nose, to be honest. I mean, listen, UCF has had a lot of guys transfer recently. I'm fine with that. Like I said, go where you want to. It's your life. But it's that Dylan. You know, if you know you're not going to play, just say it. Just enter the portal. Don't drag it out for the whole season. And, you know, don't at at least reciprocate a little bit of what your mentor did, which was to teach you to be supportive I don't know. Maybe I don't know. There might be something internal that might have happened. I, don't, I have no yeah. idea. Plus, at the end of the day, that's up to Gus to handle too. It's not as if you know, you know if, if maybe, he knows the guy doesn't want to be there, he's not gonna... he doesn't want to be. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, I'm going to be Nightwing. I'm just going to leave. You you want everybody? <laughs> don't take offense, but you want every quarterback to do it the Milton way. But you know, at the end of the day, with college football and it comes to quarterbacks, it is four hungry dogs. With one bone and here's the honest truth man you know maybe gillen was good but what if you land that big star recruit how many times do they have guys lined up and there's plenty of people to get shifted out of phase because there might be another better recruit or transfer so there is no loyalty upon the administration and there's no loyalty from the coaches there might be loyalty among the fan base because of the blood and soul sure but i i think at the end of the day is that if you want to call it clandestine by all means go ahead you know francisco and i obviously have come from schools where it was clandestine city for the most part. But I, I think you fall under the whole telling people how they ought to act and how they should act and not just seeing how they acted. And then, you know, it's just kind of blowing up more to the idea of like, did your organization suffer? Maybe, maybe not. 
because all I know is everybody just took pot shots at Dylan Gabriel, and that, that that's what he'll have to endure. But you still had a successful season, and that's more in the basis of you beat Florida, yay, you know, going from there. That's more on the basis of how Gus handled it. It's not as if he got swindled out of money or he swindled you guys out of money as you get on the big basis. It's not as if your institution on the concept of for love of the game cost people their career because it happens. Look at Matt Corral, what might happen to him. But I, I think I, I have to get over the hump of, you know, I, I don't see Gabriel's situation as a situation that connects the way that you want it to explain with Herb Street, but you're going to have these situations that happen a lot because you're going to have the transfer portal available. And unless you go with the Nick Saban logic of transfer portal is bad because it's what Saban did before the portal comes in. He still doesn't shut his mouth up about it either because he wants to impede guys succeeding if they're not going to want to succeed at Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? An hour 48. Um, anything more you guys want to talk about in college? Before we Florida sucks. Well, that was great. Thank you for your service, UCF. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your service. Okay. Cincinnati's a joke. <clears throat> well, that was heated in the group chat, so you know I was going to come at that a little bit. Well, they got there. They, they got, got there. Well, let me let me just say this, Charles. Cincinnati lost by less than Michigan lost to Georgia. Cincinnati also didn't score a touchdown, so <laughs> good luck on that approach. But I am appreciative that they got their opportunity because it makes me hope that one day a bad Miami team will make it too. So, uh, all right, so that happened too. And uh, let's see, do I have – I actually know I, I can save that one for another time. I have one more segment, but um, – okay, uh, I guess – let me rattle off some other things. Uh, what, uh, here we go. Uh, NHL, they're not going to the Olympics. So that was a big thing that happened over the month. They will not be sending their players to Beijing for the Winter Olympics. Of course, China hates us. <laughs> so nobody's going to hear this show about that unless they, they want to start the revolution. We, we might be the reason that the revolution starts, guys. Okay, it's, It all started with the episode of Sports Goofs. I didn't realize I was living in uh communism and having human rights violations until i listened to charles we, we made, and andrew we made alabama and china join forces against <laughs> us a common cause so 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 there's that but um there, it just it's just a lot of the things with the delays with regards to covid uh, a lot of players due to the protocols have been out games have been delayed and postponed and that, that Olympic break, it's the reason we don't have an all-star game uh, this coming season. It, it, the reason why is because of uh, the Olympic break. It just kind of kind of ruins all of that. So guess what? Use that time that they would have been out there in, in Beijing that, I don't know, maybe like a month that they take out with the season and play the actual games. So uh, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not against the decision and... and the NHL doesn't get much like the players. The players want to do it, but uh, there's not much incentive going into that to do it this season. And and really, uh, I think until we get uh, a Winter Olympic Games in the country that a lot of players are from, because Russia and or the United States or Canada, 
or maybe even like uh, Sweden or something like that. The players don't really feel excited to go. But um, so that that went down in the NHL. Um, as far as standings are concerned, the Lightning came back. They're they're currently in first place, but the Panthers spanked them recently, so that was good. And they're spanking the Flames right now. They've been spanking a lot of teams since they came out of their COVID protocol break. So that's been good. Um, and Lightning are up 7-2 right now on the uh, Blue Jackets. There we go. So Lightning are up there. The, the Leafs are, of course, hanging around as well third place in the Atlantic Division. The New York Rangers are back, everybody. They're leading the uh, the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they're tied with the Washington Capitals there for first. Carolina Hurricanes are right behind. They're a good team this season as well, so they're doing all right. The Penguins, they're, they're hanging in there. Okay, the, they, they haven't broken up the band. There's no rebuilding going on anytime soon for the Penguins. So they're there, and the Boston Bruins hanging around 34 points, but uh, a lot a significant amount back behind Toronto for in the Atlantic division and then uh, teams hanging around the Red Wings the the Flyers but you know every team from Philadelphia are frauds so there you go uh, St. Louis Blues leading the Central Division 43 points the Nashville Predators at 42 the Minnesota Wild at 40 they hosted the Winter Classic recently over at Target Field home of the Twins they lost to the Blues in that one, six to four, uh, it was minus eighteen out there in Minneapolis outside. They actually had to warm up the ice because it was too cold. That was pretty interesting, but it was probably the most winter classic game, the most wintry a winter classic has ever looked. <laughs> probably like that was as winter classic as it got with uh, the, that game in Minnesota. Pacific Division, the the Golden Knights are in first place. I kind of had a feeling about this. Their slow start was like, yeah, they'll be fine. The Anaheim Ducks are still hanging around at 41 points. And the Flames are at 40 points, but they've got a lot of games in hand. They've had a good season thus far. They'll move up soon enough. The The Oilers have kind of uh, stumbled a bit. and You can't just rely on Connor McJesus forever. And the Avalanche are sitting there. 38 points and they're they're not far behind they got a lot of games in hand i i felt that they had a slow start to the season that they're they'll find a way to catch up soon enough with all those games in hand they should be able to and then the la kings uh, doing all right in their rebuild they're 37 points just sitting outside of a playoff spot so that's what's going down in the nhl it's it's been it's kind of just been a lot of teams have been out if you look at the games played um, in the standings, you'll see just teams. It's just kind of all over the place with regards to how many games teams have played. They, for the most part, try to hang around, but you know some teams have played 35. Some teams have only played 28, 29. Like it's it's all over the place because of the the protocols and the stoppages there. So uh, that's what's going down. And then, <laughs> let's go, let's go to the NBA real quick because we haven't even touched on no. on it. Uh, no. You know. Uh, my man crush Monday every day is hurt, guys, and I am very hurt myself because of that. Um, but, yeah, uh, the NBA has been also been dealing with the COVID protocols and a lot of players out. It's been really weird. A lot of guys have been coming up from the from the G League and guys getting signed on 10 contracts. Mario Chalmers is back on the Miami Heat. That happened over the course of this break. And... 
Chicago Bulls are first place. DeMar DeRozan is having an MVP type season, and he's he's been doing all right. Uh, Brooklyn's in second, Milwaukee's in third, Miami's in fourth, Philly's in fifth, Cleveland is in sixth. They just had a trade right now with the Lakers. The Lakers are trying to get back to something. Um, and yeah, Western Conference, Golden State and Phoenix right now, it's, it's those two. Utah's there, but Utah's a, just a regular season team. They never do anything in the playoffs. Memphis is, is all right this season. Denver's there, but they're Parrish or Olifuses, and Charles doesn't like them. Uh, Listen, man, I am the meteor, and I will make them extinct at some point. <laughs> Fraud, I don't care. You but, know it's true. You mm, know he looks like the damn dinosaur. Yeah, stop, stop deluding yourselves. Mm, I got to make that into a shirt. And <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks hanging around the Lakers are are in there with the Clippers and the Timberwolves and the Kings. Heat lost to the Kings. Uh, and, um, yeah. So, Listen, you, know. you gotta You got to suffer a little bit to appreciate it, right? Well, the Heat suffered yesterday because they lost to the Warriors yeah. and Jimmy got the, got hurt. So, oh, that's what's been going on. Udonis Haslam had to play, guys. That's how bad these COVID things, the protocols are going. Udonis has them played played real minutes in real games, so that that's just that was that was a, a sight to behold, and yeah, that's that's what's going down in the NBA. But everybody's all up in the Lakers drama right now, so I don't want to get into that. Everybody else is talking about yeah. that. Yeah, they just need to chill, man. Yeah, yeah, whatever. If anything, get up in the drama of Golden State getting Clay back when they're already mm-hmm. the best team in the league. Yep. And they're going to get that man back. Yep. You know what's equatable to or equates to? The Tennessee Times being number one seed and getting Derrick Henry back. Yep. That's right. It all comes together. Mm. Yep. So that's the NBA. And, well, let's go to the cage, guys. We're, we're at the end. We're coming up here. We're, we're going to two hours here. Let's do it. Ooh, do, do you have room for three? Welcome, everybody, to <laughs> Weekly Truplex, The Cage with Charles. Your friendly 2022 20 20 dos reminder that wrestling is not fake, boys. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It is basically men and women trying to beat the holy hell out of each other, win championships. It's poetry in motion. It is a soap opera. Trying to establish and cement their legacy. So much has happened in the last month, and it is not the same as last year, where nothing really happened except for Kenny Omega losing Mm. or winning the belt from John Moxley. We've had so much wrestling. Today yeah. is and it's, wrestling. This is I good because watching. towards towards the end, you were getting really apathetic. Uh, towards the so end, angry. there, I was yeah. so mad. Yeah. I, I was just, I was just so hateful. I'm still hateful, but you know, it's hateful to exist in spite of your situations. You don't want to succeed. What you want to do is survive and endure, and then just let the other side know, Vincent Kenny McMahon, that you're just not and you're still here. As we speak right now, I'm seeing Von Wagner and Andrew Chase, or Andre Chase, on my screen because it's New Year's Eve on NXT. What was 12 hours ago? Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan's big pay-per-view, their equivalent of WrestleMania. What was Saturday on New Year's Day? There was day one, the WWE pay-per-view. What is tomorrow? It is uh, New Year's Rush, or where the hell AEW's coming into it. There's, there's just so much wrestling, and I, I really thought... 
I was going to kind of figure it out, but it all happened at one spot where it's like I'm getting jumped by like triplets. You know, I thought I had beef with one dude at the bar and then his two brothers came in, not his boys, family members, all identical. And I don't know where to start first in this, you know, whoop ass that is about to be open on me. So we're going to go with what I had originally planned for the cage back then is superlatives for wrestling because I feel it's important because what did I do in our break? I watched matches so I can compile lists predominantly WWE. Why? Because I don't really pay for AEW stuff. Even though I did watch full, was it full gear that I watched for yeah, paid, You paid for one and it, it, it was yeah. good. And I watched for some mm-hmm. new, and I had some issues and I watched some new Japan mm-hmm. stuff, but I couldn't go into the, so by no means I'll give you like what I felt was my, my match of the year for WWE and then recommended matches for you to watch match of the year for WWE Walter versus Ilya Dragunov WrestleMania takeover. 36 or whatever, the one that happened in April for the United Kingdom Championship. It was what you want it to be. I spoke highly of it seven months ago, eight months ago. I speak highly of it. Now, we're basically, there was just men slapping the holy hell of each other, telling a story, getting the drama. You saw the blood bursting on Ilya's chest. You heard Walter slaps. Uh, Charles, it was just so, so good. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, there's a lot. I mean... We're, oh, meat slapping! Yeah, happening. yeah, that that meat slapping. I just wanted to mention that real quick. <laughs> Epic meat slapping. Yeah. Epic meat slapping is coming. Mm. Don't worry, that's what blew my mind. Mm. Don't worry, because it's like apparently I was a good boy in 2021 because mm. Wrestle Santa has given me all that I want. Twenty twenty one, yeah, it's like twenty twenty two is like you know, yeah. Charles wasn't impressed by Spider Man, but here we go. 2022. Yeah, because you know why? Russell Santa Claus rewarded me for telling the truth about No Way Home being a week eight. Sorry. So, match of the year, Ilya Dragunov, Walter. Other matches to watch for WWE that I felt was good, even though I don't agree with WWE's top 21 matches or 2021 matches because it's rigged. So, Walter again on there, defending his United Kingdom Championship against Tommaso Ciampa. Love that. You have Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Edge at the WrestleMania event. You have Feud of the Year, Seth Rollins versus Edge. That went three matches, SummerSlam, and then a SmackDown, and then the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. I only have one women's match that I had highly rated, and I think that was a triple threat of Becky Lynch, um, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair at the Crown Jewel. But I thought that was very good. I don't think I have any tag teams for WWE on there, but that's because they really just let the ball down so much. I'm sure I had Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, number two, going against each other. Um, the regular match that led to Cole winning, that was good. AEW stuff, I know I'm going to get some flag for it. My favorite match of the year from them was not Lucha Bros versus Young, Butch, Young Bucks in the Cage. Why? It was it was fun and sound and everything, but I need the story. What I love so much, what I thought was muy fantastico, was... Um, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. You guys know it. You knew that was coming. That was 12 minutes of just pure. He was at like, the Winter Classic. The hell of each other. <laughs> well, you know, CM Punk loves his hockey. Yeah. He loves mm-hmm. the Chicago Blackhawks, man. And it, it, it's just so enjoyable. I did also enjoy um, some of the Kenny Omega matches, even though I don't enjoy Kenny as a champion. But he lost the title to Adam Hangman Page. And now we're getting Hangman Page versus. Daniel Bryan part two. So let's now those are my superlatives. I'm not gonna give you wrestlers of the years or anything. I actually, if I had to give you 
rest of the year, part of me wants to give to Seth, but it's got to go to Roman, right? It has to be. The guy has a lot of my top lists. I don't know. Well, remember when I say rest of the year, I'm just breaking out to WWE, AEW, NJPW. AEW for me would probably be. I can't say Daniel Bryan, but he he was probably the rest of the year because he went to go big stuff on two different promotions in one year. I'm just couching that right now, but I would say New Japan. I'm not New Japan for AEW. I, I would have to give it to Kenny, even though, you know, it was in love with how they did his title reign because he did help proponent everything needed to be. CM Punk's return was good. Give some credit to Darby Allen. Sting did some good work. I love me some Eddie Kingston. New Japan, it's always about Shingo Takagi. So let's break it down bit by bit. New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, part one today happened. Remember, we talked about the predictions. The night one was going to be Shingo versus Okada, and then night two would go be whoever wins that against Wellspring. It breaks my heart to tell you this. My boy, Shingo Takagi, the last dragon, lost the title, the Transformers title, the Decepticon belt to uh, Katsuko Okada, and tomorrow they will go against, it will be him and Will Ospreay go against. So it, some other title changes happened today. Evil won the open weight title. New Japan, if you keep having the champions lose on their first defenses, what credibility are you going to have? That never open weight championship has literally been hot potato so much because you had Hiroshi Tanahashi have it. Then he lost to Jay White. Jay White lost it to Tomohiro Ishii. The Stone Pitbull. We love that man. He just lost it to Evil. <sighs> okay, fine. Tag titles change. Now you have Roki Goto and Yoshihashi, who are now um, New Japan Tag Team Champions. I believe they beat the Dangerous Techers. <sighs> Brussels Kingdom's tomorrow, part two. Let's see if it has fun. I'll try to watch those matches. It's kind of tough because I don't want to play for New Japan World, pay for New Japan World, but YouTube doesn't have everything. But yet, if I paid for Disney+, Plus, why would why would I just you know grow up and be an adult and just pay for New Japan World so I could watch these matches that have been deprived of me? Sorry, Shingo, I loved you, but it, it was kind of right for a title change. Let's go to AEW. AEW! Tomorrow, Daniel Bryan and Adam Hangman Page are going to go against each other in part two of their match. The first match, which I was super livid, guys, because there's my dumbass playing Crash Bandicoot for It's About Time, thinking that it was going to be in the final hour of AEW Dynamite in like December, and it turns out that they started the um, show with that. Oh, I missed like 50 minutes. It went a full hour. It went a full hour to a draw. And I became legitimately so angry because I hate draws. I know they're trying to protect both guys. You just put the belt on Hangman and then you have Brian coming in hotter than, yeah, man, you're just hotter than hot, man. Just hotter than the hottest hot sauce of ghost pepper that you can imagine. He was coming in from WWE and coming in here, hitting the ground running. And you can't have him lose either, so you go to a draw. Here's my problem. You did that already with Kenny and him and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Forgive me. I, uh, forgive me, Cody. Follow us on Twitter at J-O-J-R, Charles LaTrue, Dan Friolis. But, um, and sorry, Tony Khan, follow us on Twitter. You already did that when it was Danielson versus Kenny in a non-title match where they already did like a 30-minute exhibition and it drew, and it led to a draw. And that was like two, three months ago, two months ago, really. Um, so then you're going to do that again. So instead, an hour's a long time. You're showing a lot of the offense, and you know there's certain wrestlers who are going an hour long. You're gonna hurt yourself a little bit. You don't always have to one up the showman. You just have to show up for the show, if that makes sense. Now they're gonna do this again, and what they put as the caveat here, fellas, is they're gonna have if it goes to an hour draw once more, they're gonna have judges 
judges make the determination who wins or loses. That's Why? Very subjective. Because I'm well, wrestling scripted, right? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so that hurts me in my head, right? Like we say a lot of things are rigged, rigged, but you're actually literally rigging it. Think about it. And I would hope they do the big swerve where they actually have a um, a winner declaratively before the hour goes up because you can always have them rematch again. I don't care. Do it at the next pay-per-view. I understand people will get annoyed by that, but plausibly speaking, it's the silliest way if it actually goes to a draw and then judges because I, 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 uh, I want to bring it back to the Attitude Era days. The only time I can think of there being judges where it was like a bikini contest or something. Right, that they did because Vince McMahon was misogynist and needed a sex cell to horny 90, 1999 disgusting men, you know, in the real world. I don't think that's a place in 2022 if you're going to have judges trying to figure out who is the best wrestlers. And I think the judge, are they wrestlers who are judges? I, I, it's just silly. It's just super silly. Mm. I can't get behind it. And yeah, this, just, I don't know. Like um, other things, <laughs> other things, right? Other things, uh, Dynamite's no longer on TNT as a new year, so it's all going to be on TBS. So you're going to have Rampage, I think, still going to be on TNT, but you're going to have Dynamite on TBS, so there's that. Um, Sammy Guevara lost the TNT title on Christmas Eve to, or on Christmas Day to Cody Rose. So Cody is now a three-time TNT champion, and I, I just, I'm so against that. Sorry, Cody, I always give you a shout when we talk about AEW, but I'm so against that because it meant that Miro's loss meant nothing. Miro was the TNT champion who beat um, Darby Allen and was on this incredible run, just killing people. He had this moniker of God's favorite champion. He would do promos, and when he lost the title to Sammy Guevara, he would basically have a um a going against god promo and i love that stuff because the concept of man versus god is just so eluding in wrestling that i have to go all in so it just means that the guy who lost him because this was sammy's run he had four title defenses none on pay-per-view held the top for 84 days and then cody wins i'm like because that roster is bloated i don't know who's winning i don't like it i i will just accept it all i gotta do is accept it right and there will be more aw stuff next week because we're gonna hit the ground running we're gonna get back to it i'm just trying to condense so much right because we gotta get to the big stuff um nxc 2.0 because i i should label us that they're doing new year's evil right now tomasa champa versus uh bronze uh not bronze and standard but braun breaker is going against each other uh for the main event title it's gonna be commercial free Braun Breaker is going to win that. We just had the unified top unification match of the North American Championship versus the Cruiserweight Championship of Roddy Strong, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes won that unified title. Manny Rose just won or retained her women's championship. Big, meaty men slapping meat. That's what we're really here about, right? Let's just hide away. Forget the whole um, erotic vibes. What do we like in wrestling? Sure, we entertain and we enjoy the whole technical aspect and the flippy flops and all that stuff but big sweaty men slapping me as a new day say on their podcast new day please follow us i follow you guys um there was a pay-per-view saturday day one it was originally supposed to be roman reigns and Bra- uh, brock lesnar going against each other for the universal championship and then it was supposed to be a fatal four-way with biggie who's a big meaty man defending against Kevin Owens, we love Big Fatty, against Seth Frickin' Rollins, we love Seth Rollins, and then Bobby Lashley, who is a titan of meaty men, and then Roman got the Rona, so instead of just pulling Brock Lesnar away from the match, instead, they put Brock in that match to make it to a fatal five-way. 
First off, that was a fantastic match. The pay-per-view itself was meh in between. The opening match between the New Day and the Usos was good. I like RK Bro versus Street Profits. Didn't care for certain other matches. In the in-between, Edge and Miz could have been done better. I'm sorry. Crowd was that for I wasn't really there for it because of certain things. But that Fatal 5-way, it was just so good. And guys, we didn't even get the stare-off of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. This has been a feud that we've wanted for a long time. They are colossal giants. They are gods. They are basically if Zeus and Odin met each other in the freaking field in the multiverse portals. Suck on that, Spider-Man. You were thinking that you are going to get this weird setup. No, Bobby Lashley just sees Brock and it goes to Spears Brock. I had a, you know, like a, a minor happiness because all the blood flooded from my brain to elsewheres. I loved it. Unfortunately. For Biggie, who we love. That's right. Just replay that all the time. I could look at that for days. I hope that when I'm dying on my deathbed, it's Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. That is in the last thoughts of my mind. Not my family, not you know, wife or kids or anything like that. Not even the championship belts I bought when I passed the bar exam. It's Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar beating the hell out of each other. And then Brock won. He pinned Big E the champion in a fatal five-way match, which hurts the credibility for Big E. But now Brock is your WWE champion. He is back with <laughs> is he? um, Paul Heyman. He still might be over Roman, but what do we know after yesterday, boys? At the Royal Rumble, which is one of the big pay-per-views, right? Probably my second most good for And then some good championship matches. You have... Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar going against you because Bobby Lashley won the number one contenders match. Boys, what? That is epic men slapping meatiest of meats. And that is not just, you know, cheap, you know, USAA meat. That is, you know, uh, give me some meat stuff because I had this plan in my head and left because I'm so excited right now. Uh, That's Wagyu beef. That's Wagyu beef. That is, that is, uh, that is, that is the K meat that, um, Malcolm in the Middle's dad was going for. This is too much for a Ruth's Chris. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This is, this is not Ruth Chris is not Longhorns. This is the true upstate. This is like, Mm. we hunted it and we killed it kind of meat. This is like the, the best time. This is Wagyu. (laughs) Yeah. This is everything right now because you have the Viking versus like, the Black Adonis going on, and I just love it so much. Because I've been a Bobby Lashley guy for a while because I don't want to say wrestling and wrestlers and main championships should be predicated on their looks, but you look at those two men. You look at Bobby Lashley. Why has this man been treated like a joke since he came back, right? He's a former MMA fighter. Brock's a former MMA fighter. One is literally Atlas. The other one looks like a guard for Odin, and I am so about it. The match could be crap. It could be great. I'm glad I'm just getting this, even though it came at the expense of Biggie, which is unfortunate. A couple of my friends hated it. I loved it, as did my other friend who loved it, because of what it just kind of gives the people what they want. And even though Vince's mindset is that he wants big, strong boys on the highlight now, you look at those two men. Why not? Bobby had a great run. Bobby was there for one of my happiest memories of 2021 when he led to The Miz and helped The Miz take that title off of Drew McIntyre. That was just, oh, what a bright day. And even a brighter day when Bobby won the WWE Championship. And even though I understand the reasons to take that belt off and put it on to Big E, this is a match that it felt like we weren't going to get. And if we were, we were going to get at Mania. But obviously, Roman and Brock is the end game. I can live without that match. I don't need it a fourth time. But the fact that I'm getting Bobby 
and Brock the first time. Wrestling Santa Claus was there. Vince McMahon did something right. He actually stayed committed to the course too. Now it's concerning of what happens if plans change again because of you know the Rona kicking in everybody. And we can only hope that Roman will be okay and everybody else who has been battling the Rona on that roster because buddy, look look how quickly things can change because Roman's out. Drew has a neck stinger, so he's out. Sasha Banks hurt her knee the other day at a live event. What you have can easily be gone because that's life, is it not? But when my hands and my cup was bare and I said, brother, my cup is empty and I would like some plenty, Vincent Kenny McMahon poured me, not swill, not bottom the barrel, not the wine that you buy in a box, gals and boys. He gave me the 1500 stuff because I'm getting Bobby and Brock at Royal Rumble. Woo! I'm feeling kind of hyped for that. The same way I felt hyped for my non-sponsor of the year, Cafe Mignolo. It's all the beef, and that's all I'm going to give you this week on the cage. <laughs> I like that at the end. Okay. Uh, we'll do the, like, whatever's of the year next episode. We'll do those. Yep. Okay. So because i didn't really have it planned i just kind of wanted to get the show out for for this year get it started and we'll do it you know everybody's doing their their 2021 retrospectives we'll do ours so that we just needed to get some of the stuff that happened over the course of last month out of the way and now we did that and now we can move forward by looking back at the entire year so but thanks everybody we're, we're back we're, we're gonna keep this this thing rolling as as as, as much as we can so but uh, thank you everybody 2022 is here we're we're gonna have fun with it as we always do we'll try and enter- entertain you as much as possible maybe get some guests back on uh on this show we'll try and ask we'll try and get out there try and do some wacky stuff but thanks everybody we'll we'll see you guys next week bye-bye good night take care